<laughs> Ooh, hello everybody. It is time for an episode of Bald and Bingeable. It's a weekend edition, y'all. So this is that show where we talk to you about all the pop culture that you consume, the stuff you're insatiable for, the stuff you find truly bingeable. You guys, it's just me and my thoughts. The thoughts in my head. I know, right? So it's episode 28, the special weekend edition. I didn't want to leave you guys out cold. It has been a crazy, crazy busy time. All of a sudden coming back into work after like summer vacation, summer break. I mean, it really was like back to school, get your ass together. So that's what's been going on with me. And so I wanted to talk to you guys because I've been like leaving all these random notes inside of my phone. And now I want to just talk to you guys. So let's talk about it, okay? So we're going to talk about Survivor. Season 41 is back. We're going to talk a little bit about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. You guys know I put that at the very, very end of the episode because there's a bunch of you guys who really have an issue with Housewives. And you know what? It's okay because I will still fuck with you, but I'm just not going to have to talk to you about it. So go to the very end of the episode if you want to listen to Housewives stuff. Okay, other than that, let's get into just kind of what's been going on. I know last time I talked to you guys, I was with my good friend Nelson, and I kind of told you guys about how I went home for a little while just because I hadn't been home for like two years and it was a nice little time I went home did my 40th birthday there we already talked about what kind of what happened in there but let's talk a little bit about what I was watching because I actually took notes about it I really did you guys I took notes about it you know so one of the things that I had noticed was I finally saw Rachel Ray I haven't seen that bitch in years have you guys do, is anybody like an irregular Rachel Ray watcher? I don't like I remember she was like the everything, the EVOO. And when I still see like a product at like Costco with her name on it, I'm like, mm, you take a second look at it because the bitch knows how to throw down in the kitchen. But like what happened? Like, why did we all like kind of fall off her at the same time? So another thing that I discovered on the plane when I was on my way home was Chrisley knows best. You guys, okay, I've heard about this show. I know that it is pop culture canon. It's just been out there. I didn't even do any research to find out how many seasons it's been on because I don't want that much of Chris Lee Knows Best inside my head. But here is what my takeaway was. Okay, so I was watching it, and I said, Chris Lee Knows Best is the number one reason why white people should be stopped. Okay, I must have been feeling a certain type of way. I was on a plane. I'm so sorry for all my white friends because you know I love you, and sometimes I don't want you to stop. Oh my God, did that get sexual? Sorry about it. Okay. So anyways, uh, I said, Chrisley, he looks like one of those zombies from The Walking Dead with a natural glow. Okay. That was really my thing. And then I said, also, you talk with an accent, then things just get more interesting, even if it's Southern. With that, y'all, I did also find out Chris Crocker has transitioned, you guys. How wonderful is that? So I remember seeing things on his like YouTube back in the day and on his social media. Her, I'm so sorry. So let's get into the new frame of mind. So let's get into before I start talking about everything. So we are now at Kara Cunningham. You know, remember Lee Britney alone? That all went viral. Well, she has now come out as trans. So I was remembering back and when she was identifying a different way on the outside, um, that she had been saying like, I'm trans y'all. And so, but I just can't do it because my grandparents and that sort of a thing. So it's like wonderful. So she's living her truth. I remember there was like only fans and everything else. So you guys can find past life stuff there, but I don't know. What is our feeling about that? Because the thing is, is like, she still, she made that money. So support her. 
go, go do it. So anyways, um, anyways, so Shakira, she's finally looking out for herself. She said to TubeFab uh, that it's been 33 years coming and I'm happy to be in a place where I can embrace who I am. I put my identity and personal happiness aside for so long out of fear of rejection of or me not wanting to embarrass my family. Then I realized anyone who actually loves me for me won't be embarrassed and would have shown actual genuine interest in how long I have felt this way in the first place. I am transitioning and I have no more apologies to make for who I am. As my transition progresses, I will not be answering to Chris. It's Kara. Great. Okay, you guys, let's recognize that now. So it's Kara Cunningham. So wonderful. We love her. I know that a lot of people have been like talking about that like a couple weeks ago when this all came out. You guys remember I was like on a little hiatus there. But I had this in there and I just kind of wanted to kind of put her words out there just because I think that a lot of us have just kind of had our own speculation and we go back to that Leave Britney video leave Britney alone video, you know, where she was completely right from the get go. I mean, really, it is like a day of reckoning, man, that like these people that it's just kind of, uh, people are that they were right in the first place. And that's a good thing. So, uh, let's go on to some other things that I have been watching you guys. So, uh, only murders in the building, only murders in the building. It's on Hulu. It is uh, Steve Martin, Selena Gomez, and Martin Short, and it is fantastic. It is totally worth it, and it's actually one of those series right now that you can appointment watch, so everybody's kind of watching it in real time because we can't binge it because they're doing one episode every week. This is what all of our subscription services are now doing because they realize that we were jumping ship when you get like the whole shebang in one day, right? Uh uh, I'll see you again, Paramount Plus, in the future. I'll see you again, WoW Presents. I'm going to be picking that on probably pretty soon. But anyways, you know, so now that these shows are going into this whole situation where they are giving us one droplet a week, we see it on Amazon or on Apple Plus with the morning show now that is back. Mm, it's so good, you guys. It's so good. Get yourself into morning show. That is a good show. Start from season one. Go all the way through it. Meet up right now because it is going to be going on. So I'll probably talk a little bit more about it next week. But I'm going to give everybody a moment just to kind of get themselves caught up. So I will watch the Friday episode this week and the next week we'll be talking about it. So no spoilers yet. But the thing is, is like Jennifer Aniston is doing the work of her life. And Reese Witherspoon really does elevate herself with this shit. So go find it. Um, but anyways, back into only murders in the building. I didn't realize Selena Gomez had such a voice like this. Like she kind of sounds like she's like a little doll. And I know that's probably a really, really horrible impression. And I never said that I was an impressionist, but sometimes I just have the essence. Okay. You don't have to do the perfect thing. If you can have the essence, <laughs> you guys, I'm on one today because I am by myself here and we are just talking for, a little bit so anyways only murders in the building so the very first episode just kind of happens i'm going to give you guys a little bit of a premise and then you guys will take it with you and go watch it and then go watch the rest of it and then maybe we will discuss it further because it's getting good and i have a feeling i know who is the killer and i don't want to say it yet i've already told my partner so he's confirming this with me and i probably should give myself a voice note which i'm gonna do and then I will play that after the whole entire series is over because we're trying to figure out who done it, which is kind of fun. It's like a very, you know, murder mystery kind of thing. Plus, it has delicious sets. It's set in New York City and it is so prime. And like Jackie Hoffman is in it. You know, the woman who's like basically looks like the old Jewish lady that you want to be your neighbor. 
or maybe you don't want her to be. But the thing is, is if you have her as your neighbor, you're going to have lots of stories. So it's like really perfect for when you have your dinner parties. But anyways, so um, Jackie Hoffman. Yeah, so she's in this as well. But it opens up. So we have um, Steve Martin. He is a retired, not retired. Oh, my God. He's still working. He's a working actor, but he had a really, really major hit show that he was like a, a police detective in. And then Martin Short is a um, Broadway producer slash director. And Selena Gomez, we're kind of figuring out what is she. Um, and so anyways, so you have all these characters that are all kind of living in their own apartments. And there is a incident in the building where the um, you kind of get stuck in the elevator with people. Oh, my God. I had a brain fart there, you guys. I'm so sorry. I know we are a podcast and I stopped talking for a second. That was really crazy, right? Silence. Okay, back into it. So the very first episode when it's kind of this thing when you live in New York City that you never really meet your neighbors unless you live in like an elevator building or when you're like holding the door open for somebody or you're avoiding to hold the door open for somebody. Depends on how you are. I don't judge. I mean, I was that person once, but now I'm not because I think better of myself. Okay, that was me taking a sip of LaCroix. I need to just make sure that we weren't leaving another edge of silence. But only murders in the building. So these three characters that are played by Steve Martin and Selena Gomez with her little tiny chipmunk voice that I completely love, they all get inside the elevator together because, you know, they have to go up to their apartments, whatnot. So, you know, that one of those things that, you know, one person in the elevator always wants to talk to everybody. The other one is just trying to avoid because they hate life. And the other one is just has the headphones on, head down. We ain't talking to nobody. I'm not going to acknowledge you. So these are the three people that are inside this elevator. Well, then another person gets in the elevator and this person is on the phone talking all loud, has stuff in his hands and gets out on his floor and goes. And so now we just kind of see, like, the thing is, is when you guys are watching this, you guys have to just keep your eyes open. It's one of those shows that you don't want to actually have your phone in your hand because they give you clues for things. That's how I'm convinced, okay, right? So that's what I'm just saying. So when you, like, watch him get off the elevator, just kind of look in the hallway and see what's going on. Okay, anyways, so <laughs> these three, you know, they are still inside the elevator as this other person gets out. They go up to their apartments. Later on in the evening, the fire alarm goes off. Everybody is evacuating the building. So we have all the characters. They're all going downstairs. And then they can't get themselves back in. Something happens on the stairs. But just that's why you have to keep on watching because you get little clues. Okay, so they all get outside. And then they can't get back inside the building because somebody is dead inside. So now the police are there. So they all go you know, everybody's inside this big building, so the Arconia, they all go out. It's New York City, so you just find the pl first place that you can plop down and just go and have a meal or something like that, and you get back in your building later. It's just what happens sometimes, okay? So it depends on what your economic status is, because when I was living in New York, all I know is that I probably would have went down to the corner bodega, got myself a, like a all-beef patty, and just sat on a stoop for 45 minutes. That's my life. That was my journey, but now I think I probably would go sit inside of a little restaurant or a little cafe or something like that and get some of my friends there. Woo! We are talking fast. <laughs> the caffeine is flowing. Okay, so let's get back into it. So what ends up happening is, is that they all kind of have to sit at the same table because there's not a lot of people that are there. They all realize they've been listening to the same podcast together. So they all get into the whole conversation because the podcast has to do with one of those murder podcasts, you know, very serial kind of-esque. And so, and they are just kind of following the little journey. So then they get back into the building and they are like, well, somebody's dead upstairs, blah, blah, blah. So then they're like, oh, you want to see a dead body? Let's go. So they all go upstairs and they actually do see the dead body. What? Crazy, right? So then they all have like their reactions to it. And then I'm going to leave you right there, okay? Because I don't want to tell you guys anymore because I know that I will give away too much about only murders in the building. It's on Hulu right now. 
loving it. Okay, it just shows you too masterful. And um, did you guys know, a little bit of trivia, Selena Gomez is the most followed person in the freaking world on Instagram, right? Isn't that crazy? Like Selena Gomez, out of all people in the entire world, she is the one who leads. It's not Kim Kardashian. It's not Christian Ronaldo. It is 264 million people following Selena Gomez. I'm one of them. Are you? Do you think she notices anything? I mean, like, her image is so created right here. Like, just the brand is popping. And she also, you know, um, the fact that we don't really acknowledge, I think, enough that Selena Gomez is a Latinx, you know, woman is kind of amazing. And the thing is, is in the fact that she's kept herself up for all these years. And now she's a producer on this Only Murders in the Building. So go for it. I go off. Okay. So let's get into the next thing. I kind of hit a little bit about the morning show over there. Please watch that. It is so good. It has come back and it is very relevant. So loving it. Okay, guys, so something that is not very relevant, but we're going to have to talk about it because I started watching it. This was spurned on because a lot of my friends are fans of the series. I have been aware of the pop culture that surrounds Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I know which you know characters become a lesbian later in the series, kind of who was involved and was shooting here and there in it. So when the guest stars come in, they usually aren't very surprising, except for one did surprise me. But I'm right now in about season four of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I was on Who Invited Her recently. I think I did, talked about that last week. I am name-checking so well for people right now. But anyways, Who Invited Her? I was on there, and Bash was talking about he had watched uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer recently, during the pandemic and I was like oh, you know what I'm gonna do it I'm just gonna bite the bullet because I've tried watching it a couple times but it never like jumped into me now this time I kind of you know grit my teeth down and by the third episode I was in I realized that this show is camp it is high camp it is fun like every time somebody gets punched you hear like a Psh! you know what I mean like it's like a full-on you know, Batman, Adam West kind of a fight. You know, I'm just waiting for the pow to like pop up on the screen, but it doesn't. But it is great. The prosthetics in season one are terrible. And so I didn't really take notes for this, but I was talking to my friend Gina via text message because Miss Gina Zappa from Youngstown, Ohio, one of my besties uh, from college, she was completely obsessed with it when we were in school. And it was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. She'd always be talking about Spike and Giles and how much she loved Giles and how much she loved Spike. But then David Boreanaz, you know, who was supposed to be Angel, was like the one that everybody was like into. Y'all remember a couple months ago when on this show we talked about David Boreanaz's like little leaked um, video, his piece of film that was released onto the internet of him with his penis in his hand and he was like on FaceTime. And so it was just a little bit, hmm. but nothing ever came out of it. So I don't know if it was actually like a real thing. Was it a deep fake? Was it real? Can somebody tell me? Anyways, it was kind of hot though. Just to, just to let you know, it was kind of hot. Okay. So anyways, I let her know. So I had, I'm up to season four right now in Buffy. So spoiler alert, not spoiler alert. The series is like 24 years old. So, you know, the, the information is out there. So we're going to get into it real quickly, and then we're going to wrap this up today with Survivor 41, and we'll talk a little bit about the uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So 
Okay, so basically I'm telling her that, you know, no one cares when people die. So, like, the principal gets eaten. So what? Cheerleader mom is trapped in a trophy. Who cares? I'm going to go live with dad. Okay, and then there's a computer boy. Next nap by an internet demon. <laughs> When's a school play? <laughs> they are so ruthless. And so, I mean, like, honestly, they chop a teacher's head off. The girl screams in the hallway. And then everybody's like, dang, we got to go to math. So, it's just... It's cute. Um, let me see else what else was, was here that I kind of love. Oh, I have a text message here to Gina that I was talking about. Okay, so I decided that I wanted to Google Xander and see what he looked like now that he's older because he's not cute, but he is kind of cute. I don't know. In season one, he was rough. Season two, he came out back with a glow up. They all did. So, But I looked up what Xander was doing now, Nick Swordsden, and it depressed me. And I'm not going to look them up until I'm done. That's what I tell Gina. And she's like, yeah, that's a grave mistake. For sure, do not do that. Although I think he's the worst of it, so you should be okay. Even though I do remember news being out there about Nick Swarzen, but I'm not even going to look it up. Is that how, Am I saying his name right? That's not Nick Swarzen. It was James Marsden who played Spike. That's who I'm thinking of. But I didn't look him up. I did look up the one who played Xander. Okay, so, and I just tell her I'm waiting for Willow to les out. Now, another question that I have here about Buffy the Vampire Slayer is like, how many schools have creepy basements like where you just have like a one door, you know, kind of a situation. And so there's a creepy basement inside of Sunnydale High. And then I just had a whole issue, too, with uh, but I kind of also love because it is like part of the culture of um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the whole white chiffon, silk chiffon dress with the leather jacket over it, which became a whole mood and a whole look for a little while there in the late 90s. So, and I want to thank Buffy for that, you know? That whole look is just something. So, another thing that I say about Buffy is, is as someone who gets punched in the face every day, she really is just all okay with everything. And then I tell her, I also, I need a scruffy guy. Where's the dark and handsome man? Angel's cute, but he's so clean cut. I really am. What's wrong with me, you guys? Like, I'm always, like, looking for the one, like, who is the chest hair peeking out of the shirt? Let me look at him one more time. Like, I, I don't know. That's just, I guess that's me. But anyways, um, then I have here, I started season two. The principal is so gross. Okay, so the first season principal was just, like, you know, snarvely and everything else. And so and he, he meets his fate. But second season... The principal that they bring to Sunnydale High is the most disgusting, blech man. And I probably in the pop culture and everybody else probably knows who this guy is. And he probably is like in a million different things where he plays like that Weasley guy. But I hated him in this and I didn't even want to look up what he was doing. Anyways, um, that means he did his job really, really well. But it's also the look too. So it's just kind of like so unsexy. I can't do that. Uh, anyways... <laughs> Um, I tell her, so when I'm done with this, I'm going to probably bring on Gina so we can actually talk about this and it'll be a little bit more linear, but it's campy and cheesy. And so that's something I'm like admitting season two, 1998, we have hit thin eyebrows and I send her a picture of Sarah Michelle Geller and these tiny, tiny pencil thin eyebrows. And just basically like I hated Xander in the second season. And I'm like, is he ever likable? The way that he treats Willow makes me angry. So also, I you know realize here too is that when Cordelia shows up that she's going to make him, Xander, a little bit more likable. So that's something. Now here's something else that I've never heard and I never realized either that John Ritter 
was a guest star in season two of Buffy in an episode entitled Ted. And in that episode, it kind of, he brings a new level of acting and everybody meets him, you know, for, for the occasion because it's always been so camp. And this episode, it was all played under, you know, the creepiness and everything else was all like kind of under the surface, just kind of, you know, brewing there. Whereas in all the other things, it's just so campy and wow, we're gonna, you know what I mean? Like you're just, it goes there with the way that they, especially with the devil dogs and the, and the werewolf. Oh my God, those costumes are terrible. But John Ritter's episode really is a turning point, I think, for Buffy the Vampire Slayer in where Sarah Michelle Gellar is allowed to actually act. And she shows that she actually can. And it made me miss her because I am a Sarah Michelle Gellar stan from Cruel Intentions, baby. Cruel Intentions was the everything when I was growing up. And so um, that was my age group. And Sarah Michelle, she was just so fierce in that. And I don't know why I never got into her on this show. Because the other thing, too, is she is... um, Sarah Michelle's a scream queen, and you don't really realize that she's an underrated one. But in America, but in a, I know what you did last summer. She's great in that role. And the thing is, I remember being so upset when you know she has her turn. But uh, yeah, so that was my whole thing about John Ritter, and he made the whole thing so much creepy. Um, there's a whole thing in season three. So we this is after the angel turn, where you know soul he he has a soul. He don't got a soul now. He got a soul again. And as he's back, the amount that Joss Whedon wanted to have Angel's tits out, I mean, really, like all the girls always had like their boobs out. There was always cleavage and lingering shots. And now that we know that how what a creepo that Joss Whedon is, um, allegedly, that <laughs> it's so funny that this whole season three, it feels like Angel spends the whole first eight episodes without a shirt on. And so... Season three also is the return of Spike, which I loved. And in that episode, when he returns, there are so many jump scares and so many startling moments. I almost dropped my croissant, okay? So (laughs) I appreciate Willow starting to do witchcraft. I think that was another reason why I didn't watch this show because I was up in the church until like 1998, 1999. So, you know, this was an evil show. This along with Charmed, I never got into. And I've tried Charmed again as an adult. And it just isn't not, it doesn't hook me. Maybe I'll try that later. You guys talk to me about it. You know, convince me to watch Charmed. But this Buffy thing, I'm in. I'm on for this ride right now. So, uh, what else? I don't want to give away too many of these little things. But... Um, I love the fact that they actually admit that Sunnydale High has a monthly memorial in the episode with Cordelia when she goes into the weird alternate universe. So funny. Um, There's a point in the third season, so we are hitting 1999, where Buffy has the worst bangs ever. And I put them on my stories so people can see them, but they are terrible. They are a whisper of a really really angry bang it's like one of those um you're in the bathroom and you just start hacking at your bangs and all of a sudden you end up with these really weird little whispers that's what sarah michelle geller has in this season so you guys i will put these up on my instagram d'angelo gogo you guys i will put visuals for what some of the things that i'm talking about so we'll, we'll put some visual points of interest hmm. so 
Uh, yeah, so I love this show right now. I'm loving when the Buffy turned 18. It was one of my favorite episodes because Sarah Michelle Gellar shows her chops and she shows like a little bit more of the vulnerable side and the Scream Queen side so much because she is kicking ass in this show and also her stunt double. And sometimes they do too many lingering shots where you're like, that's not Sarah. <laughs> so, um, anyways, I'm an SMG stand right now. Um, uh, there's another thing too that happens at the end of season three when they're at the prom and there's a moment I got, I've gotten emotional twice in this show and it's like, Oh, this campy show really take me there because like Xena warrior princess never did. And it's just as campy, but the, um, the scene with the prom and there was a point in 1999 through 2000, like two where the song wild horses Everybody was, I think Alicia Keys even has a cover and there's a cover of it in this episode. And it just took me back to that, that moment. And it was like, oh my God, that's that unrequited love song that you are just wild horses can't drag me away from this person that I love so much. Mm. Okay. So that was Buffy. I will be watching the rest of the series and then I will probably, I'm going to talk to Gina. We're going to get her on here so we can do a little bit of like some points about Buffy because I think that would be fun. Also, Gina watches a lot of things that I appreciate now, uh, a lot of nerd fan core kind of stuff. And so we will talk about it. Okay. So let's talk about season 41 of Survivor. Season 41. Hey, okay. Is that like me being culturally insensitive that I love to like sing that song around my house? The Survivor theme song. Okay. There are a lot of like points here and there too that I'm like, "Mm." like the immunity idol that looks like a weird tiki thing. Mm, Tiki does not have a good history and we need to kind of like give that up in our little cultural zeitgeist. But if you're doing a Tiki party and you want to hire me, then like, okay, I will figure it out. Okay. Anyways, um, for the dollar, I will sell out. I'm so sorry. Not always, but okay. It all just depends. Okay, you guys. So this just got awkward. Okay. Let's get back into it. Survivor 41. (laughs) Oh goodness. So, Jeff Probst has been pushing this season as like it has all kinds of new twists and turns. And it was basically because all of the producers were all cooped up at home and they were just thinking of new ways to torture people. Because sometimes when you watch it, I genuinely feel sorry for some of these motherfuckers who are like out on this little island who are bit up by bugs. And they're like, you can have three grains of rice after you walk up this hill 18 times. And they're like, okay, because I want to win a million dollars. And not everybody wins a million dollars, baby. So be funny. Um, Anyways, so Jeff Probst has been saying, we're going to drop the four, keep the one. Season 41, Survivor starts now. Okay, anyways, so (laughs) they are adding in all these new advantages. They start off with Jeff Probst in, like, the woods, and he's, like, at one of the campsites. And he's putting a new beware advantage in, which we don't know what that is yet. And then later in this in the episode, a girl named Tiffany, who's like a teacher who's kind of lazy because she keeps on just, oh, I did a lot. I was looking when she's laying down. Um, she went to go look for this immunity idea because she knew her ass was on the line. And she kept on passing right by it. And I just wanted her to be able to pull it just because I want to know what the hell the beware advantage is. Like, what is it? So, okay, you guys, I got into Survivor Hardcore during... Uh, Christmas last year so it was kind of like um, Thanksgiving ish and I jumped into Survivor because they dropped season 20 and 28 
over on Netflix. And I would say that those are two really great seasons to actually start watching if you've never watched a Survivor. Because some people are like, you got to go from the beginning and keep and push through. And the beginning was rough. And like the beginning, they gave him like a can of beans and shit. And then like there's a certain point where the game turns when they do the weird racial season. But then season 20 is when they bring back like the heroes versus um, versus villains kind of a season. And that one, there was just enough of all like the new bells and whistles with a hearkening to the old school. So that's a good season to watch. And then season 28 is a turning point because it becomes a new game there. And the immunity idols really come into play and they become fun and people can find them. So those two seasons, I would say, if you are breaking into Survivor, go on Netflix seasons 20 and 28. You'll also find them on Paramount Plus. You'll find them on Hulu. Um, Hulu has seasons one through, I believe, 32, and then you have to get Paramount Plus if you want to watch 33 through 40. You do not have to watch this show linear. Like, you can just jump into Survivor, and they do enough of the background and teaching of the rules each time that you'll get it completely. Uh, And this season's also, there is no returning players, so... It's a really good one to get into. So I'm going to be dropping into Survivor for Season 41. Drop the floor, keep the one. We're going to be dropping into that a few times uh, here over the next couple months. So um, what I'm loving this season is that we are again seeing this trope of breaking the fourth wall when there's a point where Jeff is talking to the to the teams, the people, the contestants who are on the show, and they pull back and you see the drone footage and you can see all the people in the background and all the floating barges and everything the cameras are all on. It's very cool. So I hope they keep on giving us those kind of moments because they usually give us the glossier version where there's no footage and no crews and it looks like they're out there in the middle of nowhere. But now we're actually pulling that veil back a little bit to show that there's all these really great people who make this show and who also have planned some really crazy shit for people. So another thing about this season too is that you know Jeff is always saying come on in guys every time that he's you know uh when the when the teams are showing up to play games and this season he asked them is that okay and there's a moment there where you know the uh there's a queer woman on it and I cannot remember her name but we're gonna keep on going she um she mentions and she's like you know with somebody who is a queer femme blah 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 uh lesbian that she doesn't find it offensive you know that you know that it's fine with her if they want to say that. And then later on, when they go to an, one of their challenges, another one of the queer men stand up and basically say, another LGBT uh, man. I don't know how some of these people identify, so please do not rake me over the coals for that. So as we start to learn, we will start to grow. We will get to know who these people are. But this is where we are. But anyways, so uh, this other gentleman, he stands and he basically says that um, – well, I don't really feel that we should, you know, do that anymore. It's time to just change it over. And uh, Jeff is like really receptive to it. That's one of the great things is Jeff Probst has kind of always been on our side and he's always been somebody that's going to be like learning. So he's one of those white men that you can trust that like I'm so here for it. And plus it's Jeff Probst, man. There's just something about him that's just like oh, he's a, he's like the fun uncle, you know. Anyways, um, and he's cute. Have you guys ever seen that episode of Two and a Half Men when he answers the door naked? Hello. Okay, back into it. Jeff is very receptive to taking this, and he's like, you know what? I want to change it too. So he's now saying, come on in. That's going to be his new saying. So we're going to be hearing that all over the place. We're finding out too that this is going to be a shorter season, which is kind of also why we're going to be getting double eliminations right now because there's three se- there's three teams that are right now playing 
and we're getting double eliminations because they need to cut this season down short because remember they they cut two seasons here so we're going to get season 41 now and we'll get 42 probably in the spring so we are this time they're only giving them a pot a machete and flint they have to earn their rice even which is just crazy so um the first challenge happens the teams are named nobu they are blue they're an ubu i think it's ubu and then there's another team called yasa yasa i write these phonetically you guys so whatever and they're the yellow and then there's ua which is green oh my god i sound like a freak <laughs> I'm going to be in so much trouble for this episode, but it was Survivor, y'all. That's the one made me do it. Okay, so the first challenge, Yellow does not do a very good job, so that's Yasa. They didn't do really great, and so we're seeing, too, that there is, like, this new generation. So there's this guy, I call him Dreads. I believe his name is JD, um, that they were raised on Survivor, and it's kind of like he's 20 years old, so the show started before he was alive. So anyways, we have this new generation of kids that are raised in Survivor. They got it. I kind of like this kid, but he's a little bit annoying. But whatever. So they have the first penalty challenge. So there's a lot of times now that if you do not win something, you'll get a penalty. It's insane. So the first challenge happens. One team wins. They go off with their prize. Everybody goes to their camps and everything. Everybody's all separated. And there's that whole thing about not wanting to you know, be separated from the people in your tribe on those first days. And right now we have some of the people who are right now playing for this advantage and they have to either do a sweat or a, um, or solve a mental brain puzzle. Nobody chooses the brain puzzle. They choose the sweat piece. Blue team wins, whatever. Okay. So what they do too here is that they take three of these players and they do a whole separation of them from everybody else. And they take them off to an Island where they let these three people kind of get to know each other and they have to complete a challenge. And then on that challenge, there's a game of risk. And so they can risk their vote to, you know, and they can protect their vote, this whole sort of a thing. So there's all these really cool new elements this time. So I'm not going to get too much into the weeds of this right now, um, just because it's so new. But I will say that there is a lot of really cool flip and flop and uh, new rules that are right now going on over inside of the Survivor universe. So I will be back on that. I don't know the people well enough to start talking about them and start, you know, ripping them to shreds, which we will do eventually. So um, at the end of the day, we have the green team and they have the yellow team. They both have to like push people out. And so there we go. Um, one other thing I want to talk about real quickly before we get into every, before we get into the housewives is American horror story so american horror story double feature is right now playing you can catch it on fx you can always catch it the next day over on hulu and uh it was actually pretty good this time so double feature is starting out great so this season's cut into two blocks they just did the red tide and now they're going to introduce us to the one that's by land so one's by sea one's by land so red tide just happened um it takes place in provincetown it is very dark it's very noir it's very stylized and in provincetown they give away a lot of gay uh, little tidbits you know the dick docks the fact that everybody goes there in the summer and they do what they want to do and it's just a gay like old town and then in the winter is that they've now built this folklore and that these people go there they do drugs uh and if you're a really talented person who is excelling that the drug will make you 
smart and excel and do the best work of your life, but it leaves you with a crave and a hunger and a thirst for blood. And if you are not talented, it just leaves you with a crave and a thirst and a hunger for blood. And you become one of these gross people with no hair. Uh, loved it. The little girl in it is completely creepy. And I would say that like, um, it's just overall, it's one of the more solid American horror stories that we've gotten in a little while. So Red Tide, fully endorse it. And it's not a very big investment. And we get the return of Macaulay Culkin to the screen. And Macaulay Culkin is just wonderful, you guys. I don't know. There's something about him that I will always be a fan and that I will always root for him. It's kind of like Britney Spears is that you want to see that person do well because they were like part of our childhood. Like, I mean, like child star. So I have an affinity towards them. I completely understand why my mom liked like Andy Gibb and shit. But anyways, <laughs> um, Macaulay Culkin does just such a great job in this. And he's, you know, put in the same room with like Sarah Paulson, who you have to just like rise to that occasion. You know what I mean? When it comes to acting, Leslie Grossman, she's really good in this one. I just love her ever since the days of popular, you know? So, um, yeah, so let's get out of this right now. Let's get over into Real Housewives of Beverly Hills before I wrap this up. I thank you guys for joining me today for this nugget of bald and bingeable. Make sure that you guys like and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts because that's the one that really matters when I talk to everybody. So that's the one. Tell the robots that you like us. And uh, by us, I mean me and by you us i mean you because we're together here and i'm inside your ears and i really appreciate it so thank you guys so much let's get into some real housewives of beverly hills so real housewives is a mess and a half right now i got a few little sideline storylines going the whole season is built around erica still um, which I do appreciate, but she really thinks that she's the shit and like she's doing something right now. She ain't doing nothing, okay? I just her doing one little stare down with all the other allegations and the other things and by like her works. I just I can't stand her anymore, you guys. I cannot be the person who was a fan for Erica Jane. It's just not working right now. She's got to like turn a new leaf. And like as PK said, she's it's just not good for the brand. We got to like we got to ship this up and everything. So we have in the beginning of this. This is the, this episode this week is going to be all the girls going off to the Fairmont Grand Del Mar, which is actually where I am this weekend. Um, we have a nice little piece of beers. And so I'm doing a super sweet 16 birthday party and um, fabulous family that I'm absolutely loving right now. Uh, just the sweetest people, salt of the earth. And um, you just never know when you're doing like social events. Like so in the, in the my little world is that I do a lot of corporate stuff just because it's nice to have like an in and out. Here's your here's your vision. Let's go. But in this, you're handling with somebody's, like, real life. And so, anyways, long story long, I'm over to Grand Del Mar this weekend. And so, pretty amazing venue, pretty amazing space. I totally was walking down the halls acting like I was Kathy Hilton, okay? So, um, love the hotel. And so, that's where everybody's heading. So, we are still in the midst of COVID. That's what's happening on this episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's probably happening, like, in that January, February time, time frame after the holidays because... There is nobody out and about. So number one, you're coming to San Diego. The girls are always talking about being cold. So yeah, you're probably coming at that time of year. But the thing is that hotel, you guys, the details in this hotel. I was in this room last night uh, with these, these uh, for, for the party. 
And like the wall treatments are just gorgeous. Like just all the details. So that's where all the girls will be going this week. So we have Kyle packing for the trip. Kathy's first time planning a girl trip. So and Kyle is using her shoe as a phone holder. I just wrote that here because I think that that's going to be like a thing that all girls do already. But I think it's going to be like a more of a thing. And now we're going to start seeing those high heel like phone holders. I'm just I'm seeing it right now. It's probably going to be something that Kyle like if she's smart, she would come up with that and put that on her website. So we see Kathy's big ass house as they pull in. And so Kathy is getting uh, into the thick of it. So and what by that she is basically she's She's getting into the business, you guys. And so she is Dorit calling her. She never calls Dorit Dorit over the phone the whole entire time either. She just kind of was like, hey, beauty. Um, do you know her name, miss? Is she Hunky Dory? <laughs> Who's Hunky Dory? Um, so anyways, so Dorit is talking more, and Kathy could not be interested in even talking to her. Kathy is playing with her makeup. She's getting herself packed. She has more interest in talking to her dog, which I do as well. So... We get all the girls getting over to Kyle's because they're going to all meet there, but then they're going to like caravan down. I don't completely understand that because they did, they all rode in their own cars. And I think it's just, you know, probably production and just keeping everybody away from each other COVID wise, not getting inside each other's cars. So, uh, Miss Erica, she's brilliant. She brought her dog so she didn't have to ride with anybody, which Crystal completely points out. Crystal was a real sleeper in this episode, too. I think that was kind of like one of the things that she said. And she showed up and she's always like really pretty, but like, Crystal really doesn't have much of a storyline right now because Sutton is, is – here's the thing. Sutton is versus Erica, but Crystal can't completely stand up for Erica in those situations. So she's just kind of like in this weird middle zone. And she would go to Erica's side completely, but, you know, thief. Um, <laughs> okay, so we have all the girls there at Kyle's. And Kathy left her bag with her phone in it at her house so now she has to get it but they can't drive all the way back there because of you know how la is so she's like call the lady who's the lady kathy the lady who lives in my house okay so let me call the lady and the lady is actually on the phone later and so they're going to meet her halfway somewhere so they can get her this bag so great okay so they get to the grand del mar uh, Erica, she complains a bit more about how no one knows what she's going through in her confessionals. Okay, Erica, nobody knows what you're going through. How about the victims? Okay, anyways. So, I love that they roll out the red carpet for Miss Kathy Hilton. Like, Miss Kathy Hilton shows up and, like, how baller is this, too? Is that Kathy Hilton sets up a event... And she doesn't use her own Hilton Hotel. She could have went to the Hotel Del Coronado, a curio collection by Hilton. You know what I mean? Like, she could have done that. She could have went to the Bayfront, which isn't really that great. You know what I mean? Um, no, it's a great hotel, but it's not really for the spa experience that they want to have. And, like, this whole laid back kind of a chill. Um, but, anyways... It's kind of baller that Kathy Hilton's like, let's go to the Fairmont Grand Del Mar because it's so freaking fabulous. And when I tell you guys this property is fabulous, it's ridiculous. It's like you have to get into a gate to even get on the street where the hotel is. Okay, so it's in that kind of a gated community. Beautiful, sweeping, like 
rolling hills for playing golf and whatnot. So I love this place. I keep talking about it like I'm about to get a free night, and they are not giving me anything for free. But anyways, so they do a pop-up beach lunch at Seal Beach, which isn't close. So the girls, you know, that they have this thing. They, they get this little nice little piece set up out there with this little excursion where they look at seals having sex. And Eric and uh, Kyle points out that one of them is posing like Dorit. And they do a, f- a cross, fra- cross frame. What do they call that? A side-by-side. Maybe that's what it's called. Anyways, they do a side-by-side, and they show them. And, yeah, Dorit poses like a seal. That's so cute for her. Anyway, Sutton has crutches now. She can't. She didn't go to this little beach thing because she had to go to the emergency room, and she's basically on Motrin and whatnot. I completely understand it once you have something that's an issue with your feet because I have tendonitis in my ankle. Hey, she's in physical therapy because what? She got insurance. That's me, not Sutton. Sutton has insurance, but anyways. Um, oh my God, let's sideline real quickly. So this came out this week too about Sutton. Sutton's settlement with her husband, okay? So when she got divorced, Sutton got it all. She is living the life that Erica wanted and Erica thought she was going to have. I'm just telling you right now. This is the reason why Erica is so freaking bitter. So I found this on the Bravo Bone Collector is that Sutton's rich, rich. Like her, her wedding was even announced in the New York Times wedding edition. Okay. Like on the Sunday edition. Remember on Sex and the City, how big of a deal that was? Like they get like over 200 submissions a lot, like a lot of weekends. So not everybody makes it in. You have to be like that much of a society, that much money, how impressive, you know, you can actually be. So anyways, so this woman comes from like, Good stock, (laughs) hardy stock, so to speak. So anyways, uh, Sutton received in this. Okay, so we're going to just go kind of go through this real quickly. It says here that she got the property located in Los Angeles in Augusta, Georgia. She got all of the furniture and household furnishings located in those two properties and the furniture and furnishings stored in other storage units that were in California and Georgia. She gets one half of like the stock uh, pieces. She got 1.235 mil in cash. Okay. And then she gets another 80, 822,000 in cash. And then she gets, um, $300,000 a month in spousal support. Okay. Like this is crazy. Sutton got some money. Okay. And she gets that until she gets married again or until he dies. And if he dies, she gets a cool 25 mil. Just here you go. Like, and then she got all these other, like, uh, capital holdings and positions in all these different stock companies and other companies that she now has, like, ownership in, including two minor uh, baseball teams. So minor league baseball teams. Like, so Sutton is, like, crazy, crazy rich. Okay, so she didn't get everything, but she got a lot. And so this is the kind of life that I think that Erica really wanted and that she thought that she was going to be set up with. And then all this other shit happened. So, again, it's still that thing is, did Erica know? Because maybe Erica, you know, she, I don't think she had the power to go and, like, sign these checks and move money around. But she did sign something. Okay. Anyways, um, we have Sutton and crutches. Erica won't tolerate call, being called a liar. And so Sutton gave an example. So the thing is, is Sutton said that she lied about one thing. And that is about everything that Erica has told us up for the last five seasons has been a lie. So, yeah, Erica's a liar. Um, 
I don't even like Sutton. Why am I supporting this white woman who has way too much money? <sighs> Anyways, we got Garcelle showing up. She says it feels haunted there at the hotel. And it does. It actually does. And she just makes the funny joke about how black people always die first in these movies. And then we have Sutton show up in a wheelchair. Creepy. <laughs> this white lady showing up at your door in a wheelchair asking you for a pillow and a push <laughs> to dinner. Anyways, uh, Erica is the brokest one there. And she's the only one with glam that they show there on site. And I just wrote here, bitch, stop spending extra money. Not even Kathy and Kyle have glam, and they got the most money. They just have this big-ass suite. And Kim is honestly me, Kim. Oh, my God. Kyle, I'm sorry. Kyle is honestly me. Like, frantic, has to leave. Like, I have to have a little fanny pack with a bunch of things inside of it to leave the room at any time because I don't know why, but when I am traveling, whenever I'm staying at a hotel, I just feel like I need a few things because I don't ever want to have to go back to the room. So I completely feel her pain of going back and forth. So anyways, we have them showing up to dinner late, like an hour late, and everyone's seated, and they play, how's everyone's feeling? It's worse than let's play a game. We get one girl saying, I'm relaxed. One saying, I'm happy. And then we have Erica in the background. I'm fearful. <laughs> and then we get Miss, uh, we know why she's fearful. But then we get Kathy saying, I'm anxious. And this is where Kathy Hilton produces TV like her sister Kyle. And it's like, you have learned, little Jedi, little Padawan. You are now a Jedi. Next season, you're going to be coming back with a diamond because how could they not? Okay, so like she's going to ask for enough money. And if they don't give it to her, the fans are going to be so upset. Kathy really did start another round of this Erica versus Sutton. Ding, ding. So basically saying that like I'm anxious because I think there's unresolved issues here. And it doesn't have to do with Dorit and Garcelle, but Dorit decides to make it about her and Garcelle. And so she's really talking about the Sutton-Erica situation. And Sutton basically is just like, why am I the bad guy? And Erica shuts her down again because she doesn't want to really engage with any of this. And she can't really say anything. So what her, her first reaction to do is like, let me just be fierce and show these eyes and give you a girl what? And give you just a, a stare in the face. Okay. She did a lot there. And when they both go home, who's going to be eating Del Taco? Because they have to, Erica. Actually, she's been getting a lot of Morton Steakhouse. If you've been watching like the Instagrams, that she's like getting Morton Steakhouse every day. And she just does everything inside of a sweatsuit. So that's that's her vibe. That's her whole zhuzh. And she's going to like TJ Maxx and Home Goods because she's so slumming it. I'm over it. I'm so over it. I don't feel bad for Erica at all. I just can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I feel like Ramona in the back of that car going to Atlantic City. I can't. Um, anyways, so how does tell the truth help her? You know, like how does that help Sutton? That's Garcelle who brings that out. Like why are you guys saying like you need to tell the truth Sutton? How does that help Sutton or Erica in this whole situation? And it's just basically like it helps the show. That's why Garcelle. But still, anyways. Um, and basically, does anyone feel helped? And Garcelle says it's a no, <laughs> you know? So I just love this thing too is that when Garcelle tries to – when. Dorit tries to go after Garcelle again. Kathy Hilton does like a whole shutter down. Like, Dorit, come on. You know, like, we're done. Stop talking about it. And so they pushed, they pushed Garcelle into such a corner in this scene. 
And I found it just so appalling and so gross. And it's maybe because I've been that person a bunch growing up. Uh, I grew up in the middle of the suburbs out in Ohio, and at first it was like in Champion, Ohio, which is really notoriously it's it's a very white sector of of that place, and it's very country roads and that kind of a life. And I re- just remember always feeling like the brown kid, and I was different, and my parents were a little bit louder, and we listened to funny music, and walking into every single room, you were first brown. Then you were a boy, and maybe, and I felt a little queer, but that wasn't even on the agenda yet because, like, sex wasn't on the agenda. I was five, six years old. And so I still remember those things. And you carry that all the way through life. And just as is like a perspective, like, this is just my story. So it very much when Garcelle's telling her story about how she has to walk into every room and prove herself, because the first thing you see when she walks in is her skin and it truly is and they are all like so we're gonna push you into this corner like like a little animal this is gonna be you telling your truth and then they're gonna all rally around her and give her a hug and just say like oh we're so happy that you shared this with us we're so happy it was disgusting okay like that just plain and simple that scene was just so gross because it was not fair to garcelle and i think that there are a lot of onus of that comes to on the on bravo they have to give her more people of color in this cast if you are truly evolving you got to do it you know what i mean like take it there and put another black woman in there so this way she has somebody else who's in her corner You know, they gave us Crystal, and Crystal needs another person as well. Like, you know, you need a little bit of something that kind of holds you in and that can anchor you so then you don't have two people who the whole season is about what their race is and that Crystal can make do little tea ceremonies and things at her house. Like, it's just, come on. It's 2021. Let's get into it. So I just didn't love that. Kathy had that one moment too here where she, where Garcelle's like, have you ever felt like everybody's looking at you when you walk into the room? And Garcelle and Kathy's like, yeah, I have. And it's like, Kathy, no. Like everybody felt that. And she's learning. I hope she is. You know, I don't know. She wore a sheet home from a nightclub this past week. So um, she's having fun. But anyways... So this whole situation, you know, that was at, that was all spurned on to because Lisa came after Garcelle again. And I'm just over Lisa Lisa Renna, so I don't even really want to talk about her. So um anyways, they do a sound bath at the gazebo the next day. Erica doesn't show up, and when they first show up, Lisa acts stupid and she puts on a thing of, yeah, you know what? She's probably she's she's probably dealing with a lot. She'll be back, you know, and she knows what Eric has been going through and whatnot, but it's just what it is. So anyways, they do a sound bash bath, which was basically, it was funny because when they show the girl who's actually out there under that gazebo, she's like getting higher on own supply. She's like dinging the little chimes and thing and putting them next to her head and just taking herself out, which I kind of love because she loves it just as much as she probably talks about it to people. Um, you know, those people, they really do. They talk about people who do sound baths and breath work it always comes up in conversation and they're always like i want to breathe in your mouth and you're like this is disgusting covid but anyways um we're talking about sound baths so we find out too that you know kathy got into this because of um kim kardashian's baby shower 
and then Kathy falls asleep. So it's it's all pretty great. So it's a meditative concert. Anyways, Rinna, this is one of those things that you think that's going to happen, but then nothing happens. And so, and then we get the last little scene here is Erica and Tom. More stuff about how Erica is now dealing with this and that he's now being taken to a facility and that he is getting a conservatorship and that she doesn't want to see him go to a home because her mother, her grandmother was placed in a home and you just go there to die. And when she said that, I was just kind of thinking to myself, weren't you living in a multiple bedroom house with a multi-million person? So couldn't you bring your grandmother home and have a nurse live in house? So then you don't have to take on the responsibility of every single piece of that. But anyways, um, go pat the puss. Go, go do that. I'm being really harsh on Erica, and I'm so sorry, but I'm not sorry. Okay. Um, but that's kind of, like, where this episode ends. And so that's the that's it for, like, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now they are saying that the um, reunion is four parts. That's what Andy Cohen told Jimmy Kimmel this past week. And I'm just wondering, like, is it, do we have enough to sustain four parts? Is Erica going to actually just, like, bring out the family jewels and be like, I got this one from this family. And I got this. <laughs> um, but it's going to be a four-part season finale, so I'm into it. But I am ready for the season to end. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, you've been here for a little while, and I think it's time for us to just kind of, like, put you back in the trunk. Okay, so, guys, this is kind of it for our episode of Bald and Bingeable this week. I'm so sorry that that Beverly Hills Housewives just took a really weird negative turn. I'm not really, like, that person, but Erica is bringing it out of me, and I don't think I should be watching it anymore. <laughs> but I do a lot of things that are not good for me. So, listen, I'm going to go watch another episode of Buffy, watch my dog, and enjoy the rest of my day. And I hope that you guys all get to as well. So thank you guys so much for joining me again for Bald and Bingeable. It's always a pleasure talking at you, getting to spend this little hour inside of your ears. Let's just take a moment real quickly and think about one thing that should just completely love. And now think about cake. And now think about puppies. Okay, so I think we're in a good place. So thanks so much. Everybody enjoy yourselves. And good night from the lower level. That's Daniel from Ball of Individual. Good night from the lower level.